Hello, everyone, and welcome to All of the Above, the podcast where there were so many things we wanted to talk about, uh, theology, uh, philosophy of ministry, books we're reading, so we just decided that we're going to talk about All of the Above. Um, my name is Jonathan Franklin, and I'm joined today by Trevor Hoffman. Greetings. Thanks How for having you? me. How are you today, Trevor? I'm doing great. Glad we can glad we can do this. I know, first podcast of 2023. Yeah, it's been a while for me. I feel like I haven't been on here in a minute. Oh, man. Yeah, because it... I flew solo for one, and yeah. then Hannah was on one. Yep, man. Well, welcome back. Yeah, it's been it's been at least since last year that you were on the podcast. <laughs> man, my kids discovered that joke <laughs> the last couple of weeks and have been wearing it out. The see you next year, or we haven't eaten this since a year ago. I've had to explain. It's like you can't you can't say a year ago, but anyway, they've discovered that one. Properly instruct them in the dad joke. Correct. That's right. It's got to pack that punch. Train them up in the ways that they should go. That's right. <laughs> so, new year, new you, or new year, same you, slightly yep. different, a yep. um, little bit older. They say wiser. every seven years that your uh, body is completely replaced by new like material. So, there you go. There's information for you. <laughs> so, I'm on my, so I'm 35, so I guess I'm on my fifth version of me. Wait, seven, yeah. Ooh, yep. Seven times five, 35? Aaron's not on the podcast, so we could be a little arbitrary with right. our math. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, seven times five. That's five touchdowns. There yeah, so, um, yeah, this is the fifth version of me that the world has seen um, in terms of my you know, biological material having been replaced, which is also an argument for the existence of the supernatural, because if you were to say that someone was to serve a life punishment, but they were to make the case that you know, after seven years that it's a different iteration of them, you would say, no, there's something more substantial about you than just your biological makeup, which is why we are giving you a life punishment. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Anyway. Man. There you go. <laughs> well, that's the podcast for today. Yep. Yep. <laughs> awesome. Um, so 2023, do you have any big resolutions this year? Or to be on this podcast more. There, please. Right. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> no. Um, uh, do more cardio. That's kind oh, of my big man. one. To eat better. To eat more like actual food. Not as not as much, uh, not as many fries and you know potato chips, and uh, eat actual food and do cardio. That's yeah. my New Year's resolution. Man, that's good. So I had a banana a few minutes ago. Oh, you're already there. You know, only three hundred and sixty-one more. <laughs> that's right. Um, for me, I don't, I don't know. I've never really been big on New Year's resolutions, just because my stick to itiveness on things like that has not been the best. Um, but I'm 30 now. I turned 30 in December. Mm. Um, so I think I, I have less of a resolution for this year, but more resolution for my 30th year. Um, just become like a man of substance is kind of what mm. I've called it. Like mm. um, just really focus on um, habits and things that I'm focusing on and things that I need. What do I need to like cut out and what do I need to add in? And so it's kind of like my 30th year mantra. I am obsessed with that. That is so good. Let's do a podcast on that, and let's talk more about what you mean by that. Yeah, I'd love to. That's, it's, it's, I really like that. I'm really, I'm really excited for it. So, to, um, today, on today's podcast, I think we've come up with about three podcast topics in the intro alone, <laughs> so look forward to those. <laughs> yeah. um, but today's podcast, um, as a church, um, as we enter into the new year, we are, are going to enter into a season of fasting and praying. Um, so we really wanted to, before everybody kind of put the media away for a season, um, wanted to to press into what does it mean to fast? Why do we, um, as Christians, fast? Um, what is the purpose of it? What is the biblical reasoning behind it? Um, and why are we 
specifically fasting during this season. Um, so I'll hand it over to you, Trevor. What What is fasting, and how, where do we see that in Scripture? Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, I think if we were to ask, if we were to survey the body, what are the main spiritual disciplines that we would probably get? Something like prayer, Bible, maybe church attendance. Um, maybe, and lurking in the back of our mind, we would say fasting, but probably not really confident in what it is or confident in how to practice it. Or, you know, honestly, some of us might feel like it's a little bit, uh, I don't know, Catholic-y or, or something, mm-hmm. you know, um, just not very familiar with it. Uh, but fasting is very much a regular practice for the people in the Bible. It's a regular practice for Jesus. Christians all over the world do it. It's in the book of Acts. We see Jesus do it, and he talks about it, and he talks about it as if it's normal. Um, but, but fasting, I mean, in some ways, it's kind of helpful to start with what is not. Um, so one, fasting is not like a hunger strike towards God. I heard somebody say one time, which I think is pretty brilliant. Like, a, um, I have this prayer request, and I'm really serious about it, God, and I'm going to quit eating until you answer it mm. kind of thing. Which, you know, that's a bit of a caricature, but it's not quite that. Um, nor is it a punishment like self-flagellation, you know, for the wrongs that I've done. Fasting, I think we could define it like this. This comes straight from John Piper. He says, fasting is a temporary renunciation of something that is in itself good, like food, in order to intensify our expression of need for something greater, namely God and his work in our lives. Mm. I think that's pretty good. That's really good. A temporary renunciation. I like that it's it's temporary. It's a seasonal, momentary thing. It's a renunciation. It's a backing away from something or abstaining from something. And it's something that's good. You know, so one of the concerns would be that if we if we were to embrace fasting, it would be um, it would kind of lead to this asceticism that kind of rejects the material. Uh, but it but it recognizes that this this stuff is good, but I'm going to abstain from it. Um, and the primary reason is to intensify our expression of need for something greater, God and His work in our lives, which mm. I think is good. Oh, absolutely. I've always uh, personally kind of been intimidated by fasting, yeah, because you like the big ones that stand out are like Jesus fasting for forty days, forty days, yeah. And, or you see some of like read monks in history who that's just kind of what they did. Um, so it's kind of always been one of those more intimidating spiritual disciplines. Like, yeah. And on, on the other hand, it's become very culturally in, mm. like intermittent fasting yeah. and, and things like that. So what it, what does that clear like specifically mean as a church as opposed to what does it mean in general? Yeah, Christian. Yeah. What I like about Piper's definition is it's not just renunciation. It's this kind of renunciation for replacing. Mm. You know, it's a, it's a backing away from something for the sake of filling that space with God, with prayer and our kind of movement towards God and our begging of Him to move towards us kind of thing. Um, yeah, I think that's a really good point. It, minimalism and uh, bodily discipline and fitness, I mean, that's so in right now, and you're not going to get anybody. I mean, in some ways, fasting is probably cooler than it's ever been, mm-hmm. um, at least in terms of kind of the pop culture's you know receptivity to it. Uh, so it's important to distinguish what we're doing from that kind of thing. I mean, this is not a fitness plan. This is not about losing weight. This is not about um, self-improvement per se. I mean, mm. this is about God and our dependence and need for Him. Um, renouncing to replace kind of thing. 
So what would you say are some of the like, key passages in Scripture where we see fasting? Yeah, I mean, so I mentioned it's all over the Bible, though it's never directly explained. Like, fasting is this, uh, though Jesus does teach on it and kind of speak to it. Um, there's some key New Testament passages. So we mentioned Matthew 4, where Jesus goes into the wilderness. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read this whole section. I'm going to start in Matthew 13, because this is kind of a piece of the, of the story. <clears throat> Matthew 3, verse 13. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to John to be baptized by John. John would have prevented him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and yet you come to me. But Jesus answered, Let it be so now, for thus it is fulfilling, uh, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. And when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water. Behold, the heavens were opened to him. He saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove, coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. So maybe familiar for most of us, but it's the beginning of Jesus's ministry, and it's this kind of monumentous occasion that the heavens open, the Father speaks, the Spirit descends. Jesus is commissioned, we might say. He's baptized. And then immediately Matthew chapter 4, verse 1. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. All right, so what's kind of noteworthy about that, I mean, that, that's a very rich set of verses, but what's noteworthy, you know, as it relates to fasting is that it's this, is Jesus' kind of response to God's pronouncement over him. So it's this divine moment or divine interruption. This, I heard somebody call it like a sacred moment, and it's Jesus' response to almost... Um, kind of pause and embrace that sacred moment by fasting for 40 days. Um, you could also say that Jesus is fasting there to prepare for the ministry that's ahead of him, to kind of bodily express his dependence on the Spirit and dependence on God as he you know, begins his ministry. And then, of course, Jesus says very famously, man doesn't live by bread alone. You know, um, We can spin back to that idea in a second. No, you you about to say something? No, no. You, you smiled or opened your mouth like you're about to go for something. <laughs> no, no. Um, then um, Matthew 6, 16, this is the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus says, and when you fast, so assuming people do this regularly, don't look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces and their fasting may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head, wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Um, so Jesus is condemning the practice of, I mean, what happens when you don't eat for a while is you, you feel and look gloomy mm-hmm. and Jesus is condemning the tendency to want to play that up. So people notice how spiritual you are. Mm. So Jesus is saying, you know, none of that don't, uh, advertise the fact that you're fasting. Um, and he also, uh, I think also helps to kind of identify a purpose for fasting there in that it's, um. There's a kind of gloominess that's necessarily associated with fasting, that by not eating, our body is kind of in a grief state. Mm. Um, so I think that kind of clues us in a little bit about what fasting is. Um, and then especially if you contrast it with feasting in the Bible, because feasting is also a practice that's commanded, um, and it's a practice of remembrance and of recognition of God's grace. And so if it's kind of a, a practice of uh joy and celebration and feasting it makes or fasting rather makes sense that it would be a kind of uh, almost a a bodily lament or a bodily kind of inhabiting of grief does that make sense Mm -hmm. absolutely 
Um, and it's the same idea in Matthew 9, that uh, folks are complaining that Jesus' disciples aren't fasting, and Jesus is like, I'm with them, you know, I'm, I'm here in their presence. This is a time of feasting. They don't need to be fasting. When I leave, it'll be a time for fasting. So again, he's kind of, um, I think, drawing a thread between gloominess and grief and fasting. Um, and then another passage that came to mind was Acts 13, when the church at Antioch is fasting and praying, and then the Lord calls out um, Saul and Barnabas to go on the first missionary journey, and they respond by fasting and praying some more. So again, it's kind of this God's work and this kind of divine interruption, and they kind of embrace the interruption by ceasing food. So, I, I mean, I think there, there's a lot more that can be said, but I think at its heart, fasting is about dependence on God. Um, I mean, if I were to ask you, what are the most essential things that we need? What are the top three things that we need? Food, water, shelter. Food, water, shelter. Maslow hierarchy of need. <laughs> right. So food is right there at the top. I mean, all of us would say that. We recognize that we are dependent on food, you know, for our operation. We need broccoli and vegetables and chicken and whatever else, bread to function. Um, but Jesus tells us the man doesn't live by bread alone, that we are more than just bodies. And so by, by ceasing from food, by fasting, stepping away from food, it's this kind of embodied dependence on God, that we need God. Um, does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. That's great. So the pastors have identified kind of this upcoming season as, <clears throat> excuse me, as one that the at Ridgewood Church as a whole will kind of be entering into a season of fasting. Um, why are we doing this as a church now? Yeah, I mean, if fasting's about dependence on God, um, we're stepping into a series where we're teaching on prayer and um, we, we, we want the body to pray. Um, we're doing a series called praying with Paul, where we're taking a look at three of Paul's prayers and just teaching on that and then inviting the body to pray what Paul prays over the course of the next three weeks. And we thought it'd be fitting to just also invite the, the body to fast, to, um, to eliminate stuff from their life that might have a tendency to crowd out prayer and to also kind of embrace that bodily gloominess, that kind of grieving with our body that announces our dependence on God. So just, just inviting the church to kind of create space for prayer and adopting a posture of dependence on God through, through fasting. Um, I think about uh, Psalm 35 and Psalm 69, the same language is used where the psalmist says that he humbled himself with fasting. Mm. Um, which is such an interesting, interesting phrase to me, um, humbled himself with fasting. I mean, it's like the next time that you're feeling bulletproof, real high and mighty, go a day without food, and it 100% puts you in your place, right? Like, it grounds us a bit. It reminds us that we are dependent on stuff that's outside of us. Unlike God, I mean, God has no needs, and mm. he's self-sufficient. And so... You know, by stepping away from things like food and other good things, like it's a, it is a statement to ourselves, to God about our need for Him. And so we're saying, all right, let's take this season where we're emphasizing prayer and let's embrace some form of a fast from media, from social media, from food, from certain meals. You know, again, to create space for prayer and to kind of declare our dependence on God as our sustainer. I think there's, um, especially something beautiful about doing like fasting corporately. 
Yeah. Um, I remember like one of the, like I, like I said, fasting has always kind of been one of those intimidating things. Mm. One of the first experiences um, we had with it was we moved up here and we were pregnant with Owen and mm. given our like previous history, we were very nervous and just coming into a season of, of anxiousness and stuff like that. So Bryce Harrison recommended that as a community group on Fridays for lunch, we all fast and we all pray for God's peace um, during this season, praying against anxiety, praying for us, mm. praying for the baby. Mm. Um, so we did that for months until Owen was born. And just the, knowing that Friday at lunch, there were people who were fasting and mm. praying for us um, was mm. just a beautiful thing. Mm. Um, so I think there's a, there's a beauty in doing that corporately as well. Yeah. 100% man. That's great. Um, yeah. And I love the, we've done this before. Um, I mean, I shared this with our group last night when, when the opportunity initially presented itself with Ridgewood, when it was Grace Place and they reached out to us about the possibility of taking on these facilities, we agreed to take two weeks and pray. And we invited all of our community group leaders and all of our leadership to, abstain from, I think it was, I think we said fast from lunch on Thursdays and spend that lunch half hour, hour praying and praying specifically about these facilities and for wisdom and help and, and knowing if we needed to move forward. Um, and there's something I think really beautiful about kind of the renouncing mm. one thing and replacing it with another. So in, in your situation, renouncing lunch on Fridays for a season so that when, you know, your body says it's time to eat, it's lunchtime. You, it, it's triggered that mm-hmm. it's time to pray and it's time to pray for my brother, Jonathan and my sister, Kate, you know, in their situation. Um, so, so I love that kind of approach to fasting, kind of the backing away from one thing to replace it with another. Mm-hmm. I, and I actually thought about this this morning, but in first Corinthians seven, um, though it's not called a fast, Paul does say when it comes to marital intimacy, that the really the only appropriate time to stop doing that is when, when you want to back away for a season of prayer, it's mm-hmm. like he's, he kind of has, a fasting model, even with intimacy. So, you know, once again, a good thing that maybe we back away from for a season to replace it with prayer. I think, I mean, I think we could see maybe three different types of fasting, three R's, alliterate it for you. So you kind of have a, like a fast of repentance. Um, This is what's most common in the scriptures. I think about Jonah three, after Jonah preaches to the Ninevites and they respond with belief and repentance and sackcloth and ashes and a citywide fast. So there's fast of repentance. It's this, it's this, uh, you know, response to God's kind of interruption in your life about your sin. And so you, you kind of grieve bodily. You're not, it's not punitive, you know, you're not punishing yourself, but it's a, it's a recognition of the weight of my sin. And I'm going to just kind of grieve for a season. Um, there's the fast of response, which I mentioned kind of to the, to the sacred moment, it's a response to God's work in our life. I think like Acts 13 and Matthew 4 after Jesus' baptism, I think it's probably something like a fast of response. And then a fast of request, like what you just described. Again, it's not to not to strong arm or hunger strike God into working on our behalf, but it's to physically embody our need for Him. Mm. Um, actually, traditionally, you know people fast during Advent? Really? I don't know if I knew that, yeah. Um, and it's because it's like, we're going to... You know, Advent's all about waiting, and Christmas is is all about you know celebrating the arrival of Jesus. So people would fast from eating in Advent from mm-hmm. food as a way of kind of um, aching for the arrival. I mean, like literally aching for the arrival of the of the King. Um, 
or groaning with with hunger pangs. I think of Romans eight about creation groaning for redemption. It's like we we cease from food and kind of allow our body to groan um, for the coming of the Christ. Very cool. Yeah. So yeah. So um, just encourage you. You know, replace over this season. I mean, we need God. I mean, the, all of us need God. We need more of God, and there is more of God to go around. Um, replace something with prayer. So choose one or more days a week where you don't eat a meal during the daylight. Um, maybe you eliminate all non-work-related media for those three weeks, no movies, no TV, no social media news, whatever. Um, you replace one meal a day with prayer, maybe, you know, so maybe instead of breakfast every day, you just spend time, 30 minutes praying, or, you know, do any combination of those things. Um, but we'll provide prayer prompts as we go on our uh, bulletin note thing that we provide so that we have some things to pray as a church family. And uh, yeah, we just hope that this is encouraging and maybe it even kickstarts the regular practice of fasting for some of us. Awesome. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Um, any final thoughts or encouragements on fasting or praying? Yeah. Um, I would just say like, do something, <laughs> no pun intended, do something bite-sized. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, don't be, especially if we're, you're kind of on the front end of kind of adopting this practice, you know, maybe don't try and go for a 40 day fast day one, you know, maybe, uh, maybe do something bite-sized and kind of small and attainable and build that muscle for that spiritual discipline. Yeah. And I would say be, be intentional about filling that time Mm. with prayer because it's very easy to, Oh, I'm going to skip lunch today and fill it with more work, more work, which is not, I mean, if it's about dependence, that's the opposite of that. You know, that's filling it with more work is, A statement on my ability and, and my work ethic you know it's it, it's about dependence it's stepping away from something good for something better absolutely so be, be intentional about filling that time with yeah. prayer with scripture reading with meditation things yeah. like that that's great awesome well if you have any other questions about fasting or uh, upcoming events at Ridgewood Church you can go to RidgewoodGreer.com uh, we'd be happy to hear from you chat with you um, what's your final take Trevor um just don't stop never stopping (laughs) you heard it here first folks